Welcome, welcome to 561 Music. I'm Bryce. And I'm Hector. What's going on, Hector? Not too much, Bryce. So uh, this is a little weird for me. Usually it's Ben sitting there. Yeah, what am I doing here, I man? I don't know, man. Uh, what are you doing? <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think uh, I think this week this week we were uh, we were going to have a, a a different a little bit of different approach, and uh, we were going to interview our our uh, host Ben, and uh, that was going to be impossible to have Ben interviewing Ben. So this uh, is true. So we had you come in. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad I, I'm glad I could do my part in flipping the script. You know. Yeah, man. Thanks so much for coming and doing it. The uh, so th- the actual sort of situation. What happened was uh, we we have this we have this uh, a great friend of ours um, who was going to do the episode and he couldn't do it. But um, but you, Bryce, had suggested like about a month ago that uh, that oh hey what what if I interview you because you know like you always have to interview everyone else and so um, when this guy couldn't do it I was like oh that's a great idea yeah yeah, yeah so, man I'm glad yeah. that worked out Smooth. yeah absolutely Smooth. yeah Smooth. totally man it's cool. awesome all right then so um have you got some questions for me well then? you know yeah um you know I do have a couple questions uh, I'm new to the interviewing world but the good news is I'm generally interest- interested in asking you these questions so oh, they cool. were really easy to come up with you know <laughs> um, I feel like I could still keep talking to you from the last time when you interviewed me we touched on a lot of common grounds we just kind of we had actually watched the clock cuz we were like two chatty cathys over there <laughs> so now I'm back dude for round yeah. 2 Awesome. Awesome. So good to see you, Hector. Nice to see you. Yeah, and, absolutely. Man. And Ben, it's too. Always good to see you. So, um, Ben, I hear um, I'm going to ask you questions like I don't know you. So, the listeners, if they don't know you, can learn a little bit more about you, too. You know, yeah, obviously. Cool. Um, so, I, I'm going to ask you first where you're from. So, um, I was born in London and, uh, and uh, I went to school in, in Dorset, which is off the south coast in England. And then um, I spent the last 10 years before I moved here in Manchester. Which is really where, like, I did a music degree there, and then and and then uh, and that's where I I met all the my first kind of big music project, Sonic Boom Six. I met those guys wow. there. And, so that that was over there before you even came to the states. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Let me ask you this: um, Can you tell me something ridiculous that people uh, generalize about people from England? That's not true or true. I've got a few of these that I've been collecting up over the years. I've got a few of these. So, um, just a, that's a loaded question. Just a loaded question. <laughs> okay, so um, one is, uh, so I'll, I'll give you one that's not true and then I'll give you one that might be true. Okay. okay. So, one that's not true is um, that uh, England has bad food. Now, it did used to have bad food. In the 70s and 80s, English food was. Uh, well, there's a number of reasons. One is that we were still really in the 70s, kind of recovering from, uh, you know, the Second World War and stuff, and and in that and, and like portions were small and like that we didn't have a particularly um, advanced like restaurant culture and and food was pretty basic, honestly. But then, um, you know, in the late 80s and 90s. The cuisine in the UK just exploded. It boomed, yeah. Yeah, and now the food is really Wonderful. good in here. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's like, I mean, honestly, it's probably fair to say that non-indigenous food in England is the best food, but sure. there is a lot of it. And, yep. you know, I suppose one of the, one of the upshots um, of uh, being so kind of awful and imperial in our past is that, um, you know, that 
when you come to England, there's, it's very multicultural. And, um, uh, and that means that... Um, lots of good flavors from yeah, a lot of different countries exactly, there. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything from the Indian subcontinent mm. and everything. And Yum. It, like, um, I think uh, chicken tikka masala overtook fish and chips as the English <sighs> national dish. That's well, there's something I didn't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, that's what you think. That's something yeah. you know. That's something I think. You know, yeah, yeah fish and chips, every, man. Yeah, come on. Every every place you go around here, or you know, that you or anywhere in the U.S. that, that serves any kind of English dish, it's immediately like the fish and chips. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you go to an English pub, and that, I need a beer and fish and chips. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm from <laughs> New exactly. England, dude, and, and that's it, man. Yeah. You go to Cape Cod, it's like fish and chips. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and um, one another. So this is this is, I guess, like a. One that may be true is that English people have bad teeth. <laughs> now, um, <laughs> these are so funny to me. I've never heard these, so I love it. Like, when you so, so <laughs> it's not. It's not that I, I would say that what's true about that statement is that it's not that English people have bad teeth. It's that Americans are obsessed with having good teeth. Ah, so it's kind of like ah, the other way around. Yeah. But, Maybe uh, it's more like English people have realistic teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think American people are, are obsessed with more than just their teeth. They're obsessed sure. with just their look in general yeah. as given, you know, as evidenced by the amount of plastic surgeons yeah, that yes. there are in the U.S. Yes, aesthetics, aesthetics uh, is, is, huge, is high on the charts oh, with Americans. Huge, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, the NHS... Does a lot of good and it's a wonderful service, especially over the last couple of years. You know, um, the NHS has been, work, it, the NHS is woefully underfunded and filled with like really awesome, hardworking um, people. And uh, and you know, you can get your dentistry done on the NHS as well. Um, there's obviously private doctors and stuff like that in the UK as well. Yeah. But um, you know, like uh, the the NHS is. Uh, it's fair to say that it's pretty it's pretty underfunded, and I think you know. So as a result, are people getting kind of elective sort of beautifying like um, dentistry work? Like n- yeah. not that often. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. No, I get it. Well, you know, yeah. perhaps the dentistry will, will jump up to the way the cuisine did, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, and all will be well. Well, that's cool. The big de- dental the, boom of the century. Yeah, yeah. this is We're one. Still that, on it. I got another one of these. Okay, um, so. You know how we say herbs and you say herbs? Yeah, we don't really pronounce any of the H. Right. This is something that, was always, that really annoys me because you guys are right. <laughs> and I was laboring under the, the misapprehension that, that yeah. like, we were right. And it turns out that um, when the first English-speaking people moved to the U.S., at that time, everyone pronounced it herbs because it's a French word, les herbes. Right? Yeah, right, sure, and, okay. And then... Um, and then when th- someone was uh, revising the dictionary in, in the 17th century, they, uh, they sort of made a rule where if it has an H at the beginning, you pronounce it to make it sort of more... Because English is predominantly like kind of like a mashup of like French and Germanic languages. Sure. And, and, um, and they just took it a little bit more in the Germanic direction <laughs> yeah, in, in right, the 17th right. century. Sure. But, but the old way that English people used to say herbs is, is how Americans say it. So. Yep, you guys are right. Wow. Which sucks for us. Wow. Her- Her- herbs is really just more than one guy named Herb, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a group, yeah, a group you know. of herbs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, herb, herb, whatever floats right. your boat. Right. Tomato, yeah, tomato, exactly. tomato, tomato, bro. Ultimately, there's no right and wrong. Sometimes yeah, yeah. I speak to pe- people. Uh, uh, I'll have people come up to me and be, you know, be like, oh, you know, nice accent. And I'll wind them up and be like, oh, yeah, I like your accent too. Because some people 
it blows their mind when they find out they have an accent. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's true. Like, like yeah, some yeah. people just think they yeah. speak standard. Yeah, and everyone yeah, yeah. Else, <laughs> it's, you know, yeah, yeah, it's true. It's yeah, true. yeah, it's pretty yeah. funny when when you meet those people. That's I always like to wind them up. Funny. Well, I asked you. I asked <laughs> you, <laughs> not, yeah, not that long yeah. ago, I had I'd asked Ben that question. Um, you know, where I I watch a movie. And it always boggles my mind when I see an actor like uh, – I forget the kid's name, but the guy who plays Spider-Man right now. Um, the kid's English. And so I, you know, I see him in these, in these Spider-Man movies, and he, and he speaks like he lives in New York or yeah, something. Yeah, and then I see him in, in some random interview, and he has this thick British accent. You know, yeah. To me, thick British accent anyways. And so it always boggles my mind because I always think to myself – I always think of like American actors faking a British accent. But it never occurs to me that there's people from like England and Australia and stuff like that that have to fake an American accent. Accent, yeah. And that it really is an accent yeah. to them. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. We were yeah. talking about that, and I, I watch it like um, a lot. And some people are good at it, and some people aren't. Do you know who Eddie Izzard is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's not so hot in the American accent, but he can do so much amazing stuff. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah. like he can, he, he can do comedy sets in French, which is crazy. Wow. But his his American accent not so hot. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then you look at the guy yeah, who played House, whatever his name is. Um, uh, I forget his name. Oh well, wow, he does an see, amazing I, job. I'm just gonna ask. You, he's he has English. Accent. He's English. He's English. Yeah. Wow. Hugh Laurie, he's called. Hugh Laurie. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, excellent show. Great actor. You would not think he hasn't that he's English. Yeah, you would not yeah. Think that's that. funny, man. Wow, I didn't man. know that either. Yeah, wow. he, was, he was in like um, this great British show called Black Adder back in the day, which was m- my favorite show. Wow! Think, yeah, but anyway, yeah. So. Well, man, crazy. So, all right, we're learning stuff as we go about Ben. You know, <laughs> I, I just had to learn about England a little bit and some things from thoughts. You know, yeah. um, so I just want to jump into it with you, Ben, um, about some of your first musical inspirations. You know, yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know at what age um, the music bug hit you, but I just picture you a young boy. In England, and and you know, could you could you lead me on from there? Yeah, where were you at? What was happening? Ben was so, playing saxophone as a fetus. Saxophetus. So that's so wrong. Um, anyway, um, so yeah, uh, when I was a little kid, um, my mum was very musical, and she she uh, she kind of she had me playing the piano and and the recorder from a young age, and I took to it pretty quick and when she noticed i took to it she she was like all right then you know we're we're gonna have you sort of doing a lot of music and um when i was quite young i I moved around schools quite a lot um you know every couple of years it seemed like i was going to a different school because my parents were moving house and things like that and um and also that there's like in england you have um like public schools and private schools like you do here um, but you know, there's quite a kind of like a, it's almost like a culture. I feel like in the U.S., it's just a bit more like how much money you have. But in England, it, it it's how much money you have. But it's also kind of like you know, there's like a class system. But you, you know, it's more in England than you do here. I mean, there is here as well. But sure, you, know, you notice sure. it more in England. Sure. And, um, but anyway, my my parents started to sort of uh, be really successful. And so I ended up kind of moving from a, a public school to a private school. And, um, yeah, and, and this pr- private school I went to is called Thorngrove, um, had a really good music program. And, oh. and, and so I was playing in all sorts of different things, you know, like little bands and orchestras and stuff. And, and that's where um, they, they had a picture of the saxophone on the wall, I remember, and it was this beautiful, shiny thing. <laughs> and I... I, and I 
of course, you know, I'm sure my mum <laughs> remembers. Of course, I had to like pick the, you know, one of the most expensive instruments that I yeah. wanted to play. Yeah. I'd be like, look at that, mum, look at that, I want to play the saxophone. And eventually, they uh, acquiesced to my desires and got me a saxophone. Wow. That's and great. Um, I had this great music teacher called uh, Kevin Riley, who was, he was, uh, he was in the army. And um, then he left the army and, uh, and then did something else. My mum was telling me he had some kind of job in between. But then he became a music teacher. He used to come to our house and, uh, and teach me music. And then he ended up working at my school as well. And he was a great teacher. Um, but he did stuff back in the day that he, I don't know if you could do now. Like, um, and he, he, he'd do things like he'd, he'd be like, if you don't get that right, I'm going to stand on your foot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. You know, stuff like that. that wouldn't fly he, in this day and age. Yeah, he never did actually. Did, I, don't, I don't remember him actually standing on my foot at any point, but the threat was there, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, well, you know, it was, it was a helpful pressure, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. You know? uh, yeah, and, and he, was, uh, he was my sax teacher. He was the best, to this day, the best teacher I've ever had. He, he got me from not being able to play a note on the thing to passing my grade eight and like, do you have the grade system here? Not so much. Um, I, don't yeah. know. I mean, I mean, we have grades for classes, but not so yeah. much for the music. Yeah, I don't know if there's, so, if there's one for for music classes. In, in in music in England, there's a thing called the Associated Board, and um, they do. Uh, they, there's this grade system that every it's like the kind of standard. Every kid, if you're learning an instrument, it's like a way of getting better at it. Yep. It's recognized by all schools and everybody, oh, wow. and everyone knows oh, about uh-huh. it. And um, and he got me. Grade eight is like the hardest one. And he got me from don't be able to play a note to like grade eight in like three years. I just wow. went just wow. you know like my parents um, kind of making me practice and and him teaching me and me also being interested in it. You know I yeah. I got good at the saxophone yeah. fast and that was my saxophone was the was really my main thing for a long time. Was that your first instrument that you learned to play proficiently? Do you I feel, feel like I started I started on piano. Piano, the mother of all instruments. Yeah, nice. And I was never like, I wasn't a savant at it. I didn't kind of come exploding out. Right, I wasn't right. like amazing at piano. Sure. I was just like okay at it. And I also hated practicing it. Oh, yeah. When yeah. I was a sure. kid. Sure. Yeah, I just could, I could never be bothered to practice the piano. Yeah. But with the, uh, with the sax, it was different. I enjoyed practicing mm-hmm. the saxophone. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. And then around like, and so everything was really sort of rock music that I would hear, little bits and bobs of, but. Because I was brought up in the countryside, um, you know, until I was kind of 12 or 13, I was pretty clueless with that stuff. It was just, you know, like the pop music that was on the radio and oldies and stuff like that. Sure, yeah, that's what I was wondering. What was some of the first music that you were like, you know, aside from your, you know, like playing instrument stuff was there music like you're saying on the radio that really drew you in was there bands as a little kid that you can remember digging it was just a young you I know, remember young... learning I remember learning um, You've Lost That Loving Feeling like <laughs> like I remember yeah, playing yeah. that song over and yeah. over and over again yeah. sort of driving my parents mad and also um uh, what's it called? La 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 la
Her, my mum knew how to play Lady Madonna on the piano. Oh man, yeah, with yeah. that octave bass. Ring, yeah, ding, yeah. Ding, ding, ding. She wow. taught me how to do that, and wow. it was just quite a musical house. And I was at a musical school, and yeah. and also um, add to that the fact that my uncle was a professional musician, and wow. and, and like a he had played Glastonbury in the eighties. And on on the pyramid stage, like right in there on the good wow. stage, and wow. and and he was. Uh, that was when Glastonbury was a lot more folky, you know, like because yeah. sure. his band Blozabella were that they are still, like um, like a, a folk act, but not in the way that really Americans think of folk. It's it's um it's like dance music, so mm-hmm. so it's instrumental, and you have like um. Like so, I have a hurdy gurdy there on the top of my arm. It's <laughs> yeah. like a uh, cool. Do you know what hurdy gurdy is? No, no, I don't. So um, you wind it with one hand, and it has strings inside it, and you play on on the left hand. When you press the buttons, it it hold it, it has like a fretboard and Got you. and so so it has drone strings that that, that are always going. So it's like yeah, and then yeah. over the top, you you can play melodies on 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 these other strings. And so uh, and it also has this tiny little thing in it. I think it's called the frog or something like that. I can't remember what it's called. I don't. Maybe it's not the frog, but it's, <laughs> called, it's called something that makes a little buzzing sound. Yeah. So you end up with this kind of man. That's cool. You should check them out. Hurdy Gurdy is the coolest. Hurdy Gurdy. Yeah. And man, I'm learning all sorts of things talking to you. <laughs> yeah. And he had he had a Hurdy Gurdy player in his band, an accordion player, and but he was a horn player. He was a sax player. So wow. a lot of my improvisation is really. I don't know if he knows quite how much he influenced me <laughs> because yeah. because I'd hear him play these lines and some of these folk songs and I always include them in the way that I improvise because it's almost like you know I feel like there's it it's like I want us to have like a family sound you know yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. sure sure, like, and, sure. And that's something that that, that I've, I don't think I've ever really vocalized but yeah but it's definitely something that I, I was in, you know, that I want. I kind of wanted us to sound a little bit alike, you know. Yeah, 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 sure, sure. And then, yeah. um, you know, we, we have played a little bit together. When my um, when my grandfather died, we we both played together in the church and oh wow, and, yeah, just on two saxes and stuff. And we've done a little oh, bit wow. over the years together, but you know, his musical um, direction and mine were miles apart sure yeah. sure um, and we didn't we haven't done a huge amount we did a little bit every now and again he'll get in touch with me and be like oh do you you know can you figure out something to put on this track I'm doing and stuff like that yeah so he he's been a part of my life and in my kind of you know like peripheral vision just doing his yeah. thing my whole yep. life so so that, wow. that that was it's really it was my mother's side um, my dad is quite musical though he um he sung for the Pope before. He he, he wow. was a, he was That's a good amazing. Wow. Yeah, you have a lot of great musical influence. I mean, how could you not play music? I know. Right? I mean, seriously. I mean, yeah, well, yeah. I thought I had a musical family. You got it, man. Yeah, well, my my dad used to um, sing in choirs when he was young. That's great. He went to you know like a Catholic school with monks and stuff, and then um, uh, and then like when he was a teenager, he didn't really keep it going it just kind of fell off but sure. he, he had a great taste in music you know like John Mayer and the Blues Breakers and people like that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, you know uh, just a, his my dad's musical taste was less present when I was growing up than my mum's but it didn't mean he didn't have have it sure, he didn't sure. really force it on me as much right. like my my, you know it was my mum who I was like going to school in the car you know yep, sure. listening to uh, sure. listening to all her stuff and at the time what she was playing, me, I, 
was um, Dire Straits was oh. always on in the car. Yeah. And um, Eurythmics was always on in the car. Mm-hmm. And uh, Paul Simon. I think I love uh, your yeah. mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she hooked you up. Yeah, yeah. She hooked you up with that playlist in the car. Yeah, and she had all her records from when she was young. So, you know, she had like all the Led Zeppelin. She, my mom was a big Led Zeppelin fan. And, um, <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's and and she loved, uh, um, you know, Fleetwood Mac. It's um, great, and and that album Tusk by Fleetwood Mac. I remember just as a you know little lad like putting it on. I love that song Sarah. You know that song Sarah. Yeah, uh, that yes, song? yes, yes. Yeah, that was my favorite song, and and she used to let me you know play her LPs and stuff back in the day. And I was trying to think, you know, Jethro Tull and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Dude, that's that's awesome. great, man. It's yeah. Great. So so I had in terms of rock music, it was really my parents' records, but I didn't really develop my own kind of tasting it until I was yeah I guess like 11 12 yeah when you're old, when you're older I think yeah. when, it, when, it, when it starts the beginning of what's really going on right yeah they're kind of like a product of your environment maybe yeah. when you're young because you almost yeah. don't know any better and you just start to gravitate what everyone around you is gravitating yeah. towards but then yeah. you become that free thinker and the things start to you know yeah absolutely I remember my um, a, a, so <laughs> the first um I remember me and my brother went and got our first like LPs like together. Mom took us, gave us the money, and we and my 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 brother got Bad by Michael Jackson. <laughs> I got um, Use Your Illusion one. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, yeah. So, um, which is funny because my my brother makes dance music now, and I I'd like predominantly make like rock and guitar music. So yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. it's always kind of been a it's bit always like, been that. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah, and uh, I think that was the first thing that I bought with my own money. It's Easy Illusion One. Wow! And First then, LP. Yeah, on on cassette though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then uh, <laughs> cassette. <and laughs> Not an epic tape collection. Dude, yeah, I, remember, yeah. I remember cassettes first came out, and I was like so excited about it, like it was going to be like revolutionize <laughs> the world, you know? I know, yeah. It's like, <laughs> and then you had to wind them with a pencil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When <laughs> Seth got hairy, dude. Uh, yeah. If you were lucky, you could scotch tape and trim yeah. it just yeah. right, and yeah. you could still keep that tape. Just have a little. Yep. And get yep. through it. Mixtapes, yeah. man. Those mixtapes. Yeah. Those good times. Well, man, that's that's amazing. So, you know, these influences growing up. You're playing music, uh, multi-instrumentalist at a young age. It's great. I'm exposed to some beautiful uh, music and um, a family surrounded by music. Yeah. So, you know, what was your first band experience? So, um, you know? Yeah. I, it, <laughs> I feel like, you know, it, it's funny when you talk about it, you start to realize that you, how much, you know, my mum my, my was involved in it. I remember she used to get us together with... Um, my friends, I had a friend Diego de Napoli and a friend Ben Pitt and a friend Luke Smith and 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 they put us all in a room with instruments and had yeah. us try and jam with each other yeah. and everything. Oh, yeah, and this is when we were like, you know, I I can barely remember it. We were so young. We were like, sure. you know, sort of like seven or eight, I guess. Sure. And and so I was already doing that then. And then when I went to um, so after after the school Thorngrove that I went to, that was one of these schools. The way it works in England is, you you. If you go the kind of private school route, mm-hmm. um, you you go you, you stay at your, your first one until you're 13, and then you go to your secondary school when you're 13. You stay there till you're 18. Okay. And um, so I did that, and I, I went to this school called Bryanston in uh, in Dorset, in Blanford, in Dorset. And Dorset's um <clears throat> down by the south coast, beautiful um beautiful place. It's like all kind of rolling fields and and uh. 
kind of countryside. There's some towns there, but the Dorset countryside is just to die for. Amazing. Wow, and nice. the school I went to was just a big house in the middle of nowhere. And um, the music department was amazing. Wow. And I got like a, a music scholarship. It wasn't a particularly good music scholarship, but I got my lessons for free and stuff amazing. like that. It's you know, yeah. And, um, you know, they made me work for it, though. If you were a music scholar, you had to be in every single band. Sure, sure. You had to be in all the choirs and everything. Sure, sure. So, um, so I was, uh, you know, I was singing from a young age, did so much cool stuff. Like um, we got to go to Venice and sing Palestrina in all the churches in Venice. And, yeah. and I was in the concert band. And in the concert band, we, we got to go to Germany and play in all these like kind of old halls in Frankfurt and stuff like that. Wow. And, wow, um, that's cool. Yeah. And so I was really, really super involved with, with, school, with music at my school. And as soon as I got there, I started a band. Because me and my brother, just before I left... For, so the first time I, play, I played like a guitar and learned how to sing and play a guitar was at this Christian camp I went to called Gaines when I was about 11, 12. And I learned uh, Knocking on Heaven's Door and Two Princes. Right. And yeah, and that was the bug. I was hooked then. Oh, yeah. And then um, my brother had, by this time had drums and I had an electric guitar. And then I went off to school. And as soon as I got there, I was like, hit the ground running. I'm like, I'm going to be in a band. That's all yeah. I wanted out of life. Yeah. At 13, I was yeah, like, yeah. I, knew, changed? I knew. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And, um, and uh, yeah, so I just, as soon as I could, I found some guys. And and uh, and we were all kind of like, like starting these little projects. Um, <laughs> it's funny, the band... The band that um, I had when I was at school was called White Gold, which sounds so awful now, <laughs> but it was gold. literally nothing to do with being white. Yeah, yeah, right, I just right. thought it sounded cool. Yeah, I was yeah. way too naive at that point yeah, to yeah, understand right. anything like exactly. that. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. great. Uh, and, uh, anyway, like, um, we were covering, like, you know, th- th- at that point, everything was Rage Against the Machine. You know, so, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, it was like, sure. And I remember I wrote... A, a, a song that was meant to be like Rage Against the Machine, that were, but it was all about like how they should l- let us smoke cigarettes. <laughs> 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 That's what the song was about. Wow. Uh, yeah, uh, we would uh, we we had access to we had this great music um, department at the school, and um, you know I I've complained about going to boarding school a lot over the years, but when I really think about how much access we had to music, honestly, I was yeah. really lucky. Sure, it's probably an advantage. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you know, there yeah. was weird things like, because you're not kind of out in the world, and so you're socialized a bit strangely. But um, in terms of, in terms of like, the, just the access to music and musical equipment, we had it. There was a band room, and I just used to live in the music department. There was sure. a, few, a few of us, you know, like kids... And, and it kind of like transcended the year you were in. If you were a music person, you mm-hmm. know, like it was, it was like a crew of people who were always up there, and um, and that's where I started to forge my identity up in the music school at Bryanston, and just you know, wow, like figure out who I was like through music, really. You know? Sure. No, yeah. that's that's totally interesting. When yeah, I actually awesome. when I was thinking about these questions, I. You know, I was thinking a very cut and dry answer, like, oh, it was this band, it was me and my two buddies, and we did. But it's it's great. There's much more to that with you. You're, yeah. you're like actually at a school <laughs> with a lot of other kids with great access to the music department. That's like, yeah. that's awesome. Very um, contrasting to mine, so I can really appreciate um, that. That's yeah, great. Yeah, they had like a studio in there, and it wasn't fancy. 
um, but it had like um, had an, uh, an Atari ST with Notator on it, <laughs> and um, had like a, one of those old Akai samplers that had about fifteen seconds of memory. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Sure, and, sure. Like you, could just, you, you could just make like drum hits and like tiny little cut out tiny little bits of audio and stuff. Yeah. And um, I learned how to use uh, um, a Notator at a pretty young age, and it had a reel to reel. Then I'd use that when oh, I was like yeah. fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was your fir- What was your first Notator song? Um, it was it, it was called Recharge Me. And it went like, recharge me. Recharge And I had another one, which was, it was like, Mars needs women. <laughs> Mars needs women. <laughs> so Mars needs, Mars needs. <laughs> it went like that. <laughs> These two tunes. I, was, I wish I had that tape still. Like, you should play like, those for us later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, can we record that? Yeah, is that, is that what you're going to do that, for us? Are you going to play that song? <laughs> Mars needs women. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. if nothing else, it's a great name for the next Killbillies album. Yeah. And you, you must remember what it was like when we were teenagers. Music was competitive. <laughs> It's sure. like, what do you know about? Like, you know, what are yeah. you digging in? What are you looking at? Yeah. And we were all like, um, yes. yeah, we were just, you know, tr- just trying to know about stuff that other people didn't know about. Everyone was yep. like, yeah, but have you heard this? You know? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of, you're very right about that. Like, uh, you know, even when we talk, listen to alternative music and stuff like alternative music that's not in the mainstream. It's kind of like, well, you, have you heard this? Have you heard this? It's almost like the more obscure music you could find some places at times the cooler it was yeah you know totally I mean? <laughs> yeah I used, you know i used to love listening to like just uh, you know stuff stuff that's a little more mainstream now but i mean yeah. stuff that like at the time you know was, was pretty cutting edge or like not everybody listened to it yeah as, as stupid as it sounds things like you know u2 for example yeah. like i was listening to u2 you know for a while already in high school and stuff and then i remember like some big huge stadium youtube concert come rolling through here and everybody it was like like my junior year of high school and everybody was like you know you go to the show and it was like you're, you're like nobody if you're not yeah, going to the yeah. show like like yeah. you know you're a loser if you don't mm-hmm. go to the show and i'm like i've already been to two youtube shows and they were not in stadiums yeah, <laughs> you know you like, right. like what are you talking exactly. about yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just all these bands that like you know yeah. crash test dummies and stuff that like yeah. just, i don't know i don't even know just just all these bands that i listened to in high school that nobody listened to yeah. and then and you know a few years later everybody was hey have you heard of this band yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean kind like, of listening to them for about party, five years dude, now yeah, yeah. Welcome to the party yeah. bro come welcome, on in the water welcome. form <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. No, agreed yeah. man agreed so you know um, ben, you know, obviously, um, I didn't meet you until, you until you moved to the states. What year did you move to the states? Twenty ten. So, I, but I had been coming to the states like back and forth for quite a long time. Okay. My um, the combination of the fact that I was playing in um, this band Sonic Boom Six, and we were touring over here, the combination oh. of that, and oh. um, my dad was um setting up a branch of his company over here as well so he was for a short period of time is living in new york Mm -hmm. and so the combination of touring here my dad living in new york first time i came to the u.s was october 2001 right after september 11th oh man because my my dad was uh in the insurance business and um you know he obviously knew people and in the towers and 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 obviously the it, we, he had to go to some serious meetings about you know what yeah. what the hell are we going to do like you know yeah. kind of meetings like yeah. oh god what are we going to do meetings yep. and and um we sort of took it as an opportunity to just go with him i guess i don't know but because it was right after you know the plane was like empty there was no one on the plane 
And um, yeah, yeah. So I had this weird experience <laughs> of New York, like in October 2001, where everyone was walking around like in a daze almost. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's true. Oh, oh wow, I'm sure, that's man. a crazy yeah, first sure. impression. To, yeah, you know what I mean. Well, I mean, I know you've been coming for a little bit, but still after and that. At that point, it was the first. That was the first time when I was 21, around 2021. That was my first time coming here. I remember I was in the car with my dad um, when it happened on the way up to. It's like when JFK died. Everyone knows where they were. You know what I mean? Right. I was yeah. I was on, yep. in the car on the way up to university in Manchester with my dad. And um, he gets a, a, a call, and he's like, oh, can you answer that for me? I answer the phone, and they say to me, oh, the uh, planes crashed into the Twin Towers. And I said, what are they? <laughs> I didn't yeah. even know what they were. Yeah. And, 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 and I, I tell my dad, my dad just goes white, and he's just like, oh, my God. And, you know, yeah. we had to pull over. And it's like, um, yeah, and anyway, the following month, um, I came to the U.S. So that was my first experience. I have some family <laughs> that already lived in the U.S., I had two cousins. And then a third cousin lived, lived in the U.S. as well for a while. So oh, wow. for a brief period of time, it almost <laughs> felt like my family was, like, all moving to the U.S. Sure. It's ended up now that it's just me and one of my cousins. So what, what, two, of them, two of the cousins on that side of the family ended up moving back. But, um, yeah, for a period of time there, it was like glory days. My dad had this place. It was. In, have you ever seen that? Have you ever seen I Am Legend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great the, movie. I'm pretty great sure movie. it's the same house, like the wow. apartment, like right there in Washington Square. Right Park. in the mix. Wow. Right there. Yeah. Wow. Is where uh, is where my dad had a like a, a flat right at the top of the. He had an apartment right at the top of the building, and um, and you know we'd we'd like play like the knitting factory in Manhattan, yep. Yep. and then and then we'd and then we'd go stay in my dad's flat. It was uh, a crazy sick. time. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. It was like the. That you know, I always call that like the Charles Flammy gl- glory days. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those definitely sound glorious. I tell you what, playing New York City is nice. You know? Yeah, it's oh, good yeah. times, man. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and and uh, so so I had quite a lot of experience of the U.S. before yeah. I moved here. You didn't come in with total cold feet. Yeah, exactly. You now um, you mentioned your boom, uh, your your boom, sorry, your band, yeah. Sonic Boom Six. Yeah. When I first met you, yeah. Um, you let me hear some of it, and I remember being very impressed, like yeah. very impressed, um, as it leans on what I like to do, the, the, yeah. the, the reggae rock stuff, and you guys were really good at it, and plus you were British, so you had a cool different take on it that was also very exciting. Um, I would like to hear more of that stuff one day. I only heard a limited amount of stuff. Yeah, um, I thought that was very cool, um, yeah. which kind of leads me to my, to my next question. You know, um, you've had a, a couple bands, yeah. you know? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's, it's something that I struggle with, too, with my bands um, that I've been in, although mine are probably less different than yours are. Right. But um, writing in general as an artist. Now, not to jump too far on, on the bands and whatnot, um, too, I feel like some of your bands are different different genres of music. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? We have, we have well, from the beginning, we have Sonic Boom 6. Yeah. And we have um, the No Name Sky Band. Yeah. And we have the Killbillies. Yeah. Right. And you had some different stuff going on there. Yeah. I mean, sure, a lot of that stuff could live at the same festival. And we could, it's all very groovy. It's great. But my question is, um, you know, as a songwriter, to another songwriter, um, you know, how do you, how, what's your take on writing music in different genres? Well, where does it I come think from? Like, you know, is it different inspirations in different directions? Is it artists? Is it, you know, where, where is it? I think that, so let's see how it's the best way to answer this. The, when I was, when I was like nineteen, I remember having a conversation with my girlfriend at the time, where I was like, 
I want to be able to move fluidly between genres and just it not even the genre not even be a thing i just want yeah. to be able to express myself in the way that it wants to come out yeah. rather than being concerned about yes. it so right from an early age i would i i'd i'd had this kind of desire to to mix things together and then when i when i moved to manchester to go to university i found this band who were a ska punk band but um but and at the time they were called grimace right mm-hmm. this is before I joined, and um, and we we all had this meeting. We all sat down. And had, I, I joined it from a mutual school friend, and we were in the brass section, and it was just straight up ska punk, just mm-hmm. regular, you know, yep. like kind of like a bit like No Name Ska Band is now, just like a sure. ska punk band. Yep. And um, and um, we were all to- all the guys in that band, and me included, were really into like drum and bass and and um, and and hip hop mm-hmm. and. And dance music in general, and we felt like it, you know, we felt like it was important to kind of. At the time, we we wanted to sort of move like guitar music on a bit, you know. Yes. And it was. It felt like you know. It felt like we were kind of breaking new ground. I know that like a lot of yep. people have done stuff a bit like that, but you know, it, for, uh, for us, it was very important that. It was, for some reason, very important to us that we kind of, like, incorporated all of this dance music that we were really into and uh-huh. ha- was happening yeah. around us yep. into the music. Yeah, sure. sure. And, and we did, um, there was a lot of different ways that we went about achieving that. One, one of them was um, just by, like, playing dance beats on 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 uh, the instruments. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure, and, sure. You know, and, and, and for us, it was drum and bass and, like, ragga and, we were, and, 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 and the dance hall. Yeah. That was where we were at. I, like, I love the mix-up of, of yeah. all of it. I love it. Yeah, yep. that's what we were trying to do: is is mix these dancehall and, and drum and bass and ragga elements into a punk band, essentially. And and the, you know, we had one way was just by kind of playing it, so it kind of sounded like that. Yep. The the other way was um, by using samples and stuff. Sure. So our drummer got one of those like you know eight pad you know mm-hmm. Akai things, yep. and he was hitting loops and then like playing along with the loops. Yeah. Because I was just obsessed with the amen break at the time, and I I wanted everything to have an amen break in it. That's great. <laughs> yeah, it was my whole that's thing. That's great, man. That's great. Yeah, all my friends were real big drum and bass heads, and yeah, you know it was like uh, my brother as well. Everyone I knew was just. Com- Completely obsessed with drum and bass at that age. Sure, and we, you know, we always used to go out to that. You know, we were big into. I was big into those kind of parties and everything. And sure, yeah, you know, it's yeah. like a culture because, you know, you get into it. Then enough, you're going to nights like that, like kind of three or four times a week. And mm-hmm. you know, of course, there's all the kind of like the drugs and everything involved too. Sure. And, yeah, yeah, and and it's whole culture really, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. and 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 uh, and that that just permeated the. Uh, the band um you know very consciously we wanted to we wanted to figure out a way to do it that didn't sound like like a studio project we wanted mm-hmm. to figure out a way because like skin Dread, a great band um but it sounds like it, they figured it out in the studio yeah and then and then they just kind of play what they figured out in the studio sure i think we what we wanted to do something that sounded like more organic like sure. more like it was just kind of that's how we played. Yeah. Rather than kind of overlaying things. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 Spent studio project. Eons talking about this, trying to figure that out. Like it was an obsession for you know for us to to make it 
to make it all gel together. Sometimes it's more successful than others, but you, but you know, occasionally we managed to get get it sort of really worked. And there's other people were doing it too. There's a great band called Cap Down. You know, it's like short for Capitalist Downfall, and they're um, <laughs> they were. Uh, it's a cool band. It's a cool ska core band with an alto saxophone. And they were very um, influential with us. Now, when it comes to, like, when it, getting back to your original question where you're talking about, um, like, uh, how, how do you, like, write songs and what, why does, do you feel like it has to be one genre or another? Yeah, yeah, or does it or doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, yeah. F- mm-hmm. For me, it was that um, the folk music had always been there waiting for me. Because uh-huh. I kind of feel like, you know, through my uncle and things and through the music that my parents had exposed me to and that was around me when I was younger. Um, that was your roots, maybe. It was my roots, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't necessarily, you know. I, I was wondering I, that. Yeah, that was my roots. And, and that's gotcha. what I came back to. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Like, how do you come from, you know, and mili- mixing those elements, raga and, the, and, you know, in the dance hall and the, yeah. you know, and, and then and then to get to some of the really cool sounds of like the Killbillies, which is more folky and yeah. stuff like that. Like, where where's that transition? Well, I got but now real, I see it because yeah. it was your roots, man. It, it, you were recycling yeah. back to what felt good. You exactly. Know? Yeah. That, it, 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 it felt more like my authentic self. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, I'm, I'm not, um, you know, scared to kind of like, you know, approach different things, and like sure. at one point I was like, a, you know, relatively decent rapper and sure. stuff like that. You know, um, this but I didn't but, know. I, but I feel yeah. I feel like my most authentic self is when it is when is, is the, that more kind of folky approach. Sure. And and th- I was also really like when a folk punk came about with you know against me and everything. That was like my. I was like, oh, we're allowed to do that in yeah, a punk scene? Yeah. Oh, and I was like, I'm I jumping mix, aboard this yeah, band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we should mix it, like it mixes it up a little bit, right? The folk yeah. and the punk rock. Yeah, and there's yeah. this great guy, this great English guy called Frank Turner. And, and um, his songwriting and his, his, the, his lyricism, especially, really just wowed me. And then this, this band, Crazy Arm. If you want to hear an awesome band, this group is great band crazy on and and i wouldn't necessarily call them folk punk but there's a lot of folk in there sure and and i was and and when all this stuff was happening uh, you know i was starting to see how i could kind of do do something more folky and also i was i was getting really interested in all the stuff that was happening in the u.s and 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 uh, like bands like old crow medicine show and stuff like that sure and and i was hearing how how that was developing because they it was like at the time, and we're talking about like 2010, there was this whole kind of thing with you had Mumford in the charts, you had, you mm-hmm. had Frank Turner and, and people and Old Crow Medicine Show kind of on the periphery of the charts doing this kind of folk stuff. Mm-hmm. And, I remember, I remember and, when that kind of the folk implosion yeah, came. Yeah. I remember that. It was yeah. different, it was new, it was fresh. Yeah. Yeah. At least over here, like, to me it was. You know yeah, what I mean? It, it would have hit the mainstream a little bit. Yeah, well, yeah and, and people like Mumford and Sons were playing. Yeah. Like you said that like being on the charts, I mean, they were on mainstream radio. Like, they were as mainstream like, as yeah. you get. They're like yeah. you too. You well, know? Yeah. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't mean to speak for all folk from the beginning of time, but in the mainstream, when those guys came in, they kind of, as mainstream music yeah, does, I mean, they, they kind of shone per- the light on a modern... They made it you know, perfectly acceptable yeah. to have that kind of yeah. music on just regular it radio. It moved me. That wasn't yeah. my deal, and I heard. It, I was like, "Oh, that's good." Yeah, well, no, I, I, like I think they that. figured out how to. Again, I think a lot. I think English people, a lot of English people in general, especially of our generation, massively influenced by dance music, and just took yes. over. 
took over in the UK, almost obliterated any kind of rock. But so you hear it, so you hear it in, in like, you hear it in in Muppet and Sons even, you know, like yeah. with that pulse, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like techno with a banjo. No, I, I love it. You know, maybe yeah, yeah. maybe that's the. The translation, why people are digging it, you know. Yeah, I mean? totally. Interesting, and, and and that all really inspired me. You know, I I loved it, and and then when um, then when I met Micah Scott, um, he was uh, he, he's a great musician. You know, I just spent Fourth of July with him. We just played yeah, the same cool. party, and he's my neighbor. Yeah, oh, yeah great guy, great yeah, guy. Yeah, he is a great guy. You know? Yeah, and um and and you know he was he was playing. He had been playing with a band called the La Hinch Mob, who were um, some local Irish guys. Um, do you remember Keith Ahern? Did you ever meet that guy? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not good with names, so it could have been in, a, yeah. in the past. Well, Keith is unfortunately dead now. Um, okay. Uh, he, it was definitely um, in the past. But he, uh, he, he and Micah had played uh, uh, together in this band called the La Hinch Mob. Um, La I've is seen a place that name. I've seen that name before yeah, with those yeah. guys. Yeah. Do you remember that? There was a bar called like Spider Murphy's or something like that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. That was Man, those guys. I have not heard that name in so long. Wow. Yeah. Spider Murphy's. That yeah. was those guys who, who oh. like, they ran that. That was like their bar. Oh man. Well, yeah. And it's, it, there was this Irish influx that came. Of just loads of Irish people came all at the same time, and there, and there was this scene that was created, and and all the people that. Um, like you know the guys from that at O'Shea's and everything and mm-hmm. there was this like Irish scene and Michael yep. had kind of infiltrated it a little bit yep. he was playing with those guys yep. and then yep. uh, but I came right at the end of it and and um, and Micah so and and Keith and I we started Killbillies and um, and and it, it initially the, the, it was like a lot of Irish music and well it's still basically it, it never really veered away from it's pretty much the same thing as it is now it's Irish music and Americana sure and sure, um, sure. and you know some of the first songs we were doing was like you know the the Pogues and Mumford and Sons and stuff same stuff we, yep. same stuff that we still kind of cover today but um, you know over the years that band just it, that you know changed members and things like that sure. he even put it down for a couple of years and then sure. picked it back as up as bands do it happens sometimes. yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, um, but yeah, that's where the, that all came from. It basically when I when I when I kind of realized that like how to do a folk a folk related thing. As soon I, I it wasn't that I I didn't lose interest in in this kind of ragacore thing we were doing with Sonic Boom sure. Six. It's just that I, all of a sudden I was just so drawn. I was like, oh, I want to be doing that. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and the combination of that and. And and the rigorous touring schedule that we had with Sonic Boom Six, and the fact that sure. I'd was fallen in love with my now wife Christy, there was yeah. all these things that were kind of pulling me away from the band. Sure, sure. And um, you know, I it ended up leaving. I, I was I, I was getting more and more anxious just being away all the time, and yeah. I was away so much. You know, it felt yeah. like I mean, it was like three hundred days a year we were away. Yeah, we were yeah. away. Oh, Unbelievable. Wow. There's something to be wow, said for that. Really, you know, it is. Uh, it, it you know, it's probably a one of the things you learn as a musician, you aspire to be uh, popular because that's successful in our business when you're popular and you're touring. Yeah. And it's like you think you want this thing, and it's great, but yeah. it's 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 a double-edged sword because next thing you know, you're living not lux- luxurious. I wasn't living luxurious right. on the road, yeah. knowing no one. You know everything. You know it's a sacrifice. Next oh, thing yeah. you know, your cushy little yeah. nest at home is far away. Your loved ones. Your so 
it's not glorious. I know, you know it's, I it's not glorious thing. at all. I mean, you know, maybe when you're a bigger yeah. band, you're blowing up and on tour, but it's 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 hard to be away. I do the same thing with the art, man. Like yep. I, I, you know, you aspire as an artist, you aspire to like get these great gigs and you know do these amazing these amazing pieces or whatever. And more often than not, they're not here in my hometown, so then mm-hmm. I end up traveling. And so yep. there was a time, you know, not so much now, and especially after COVID and stuff. Like I, you know, obviously during COVID I wasn't traveling, and now it's like just starting to pick up again for me, but. Um, but the art thing, I mean, for a while there, like I was gone all the time. Yeah, it takes and, a toll on you over time. Yeah, you know, it really and, does. And it's, and it's funny. I just did a piece, um, not this past weekend, but the weekend before. I just did a piece in Chicago, and it was the first time I had traveled for my art since COVID. And um, man, I got anxiety over it. I left. Sure. I left late Friday <laughs> I get, night. I'm only laughing because I get well, it. I le- I, you're like I, me. I'm, I, I'm well, the same I, way. I left anxiety, late Friday dude. night, and I came back like first thing Monday morning. So I really was only gone Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. The entire time, I'm like texting home and I'm checking on my kids. Like sure. I, I was anxious the entire time yeah. I was gone. <laughs> I, and get it's, I get it. I get I, it. it. It's just I just hate not being home anymore now. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, you know, especially yeah. as a parent. Whoa, that's, yeah. that's hard enough. Well, and yeah. especially in a, in a scenario like that, I guess when you're in with the band, it's a little bit different because you're hanging out with your bandmates and you're having yeah, some yeah. fun or whatever. But yeah. but I mean, in this particular case, oh, I, yeah, was, I was traveling. By almost myself. like a stand-up comic, like out yeah. there on your own. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was out there by myself. Yeah. And, you know, I went. I did the job during the day Saturday. Went back to the hotel. Went and did the job during the day Sunday. And went back to the hotel. It's like you know, yeah. just watching TV and eating a you know microwave dinner, man. Yeah. yeah, sure does make you question your sacrifices at times, yeah. right? Yeah. The things yeah. we do, yeah. the things we love. I yeah. tell you, for sure. I tell man. you, you know, Ben. I, you know, I was curious today when I was thinking about you in these different bands, and you did have success, you know, in England before you even got to the states, you know. And I'm sure outside of school there, you know, I have to know, uh, is there, just as there's a cultural difference from England to the U.S., is there, the music scene, is it different? Is like the way, the way stuff goes down, is it different from gigging to traveling? Is it the same? You know, so were you shocked when you got it's here? It's harder like, oh. in England. Okay. Well, than it is in Florida. Okay. It's hot. It's, it, we fought for every gig that we played the, the, the scene isn't as there's no we're in the punk scene there's no money in it right right and and yeah. um and to get people on your side takes a lot of work okay a lot of work just straight up playing to you know like rooms of like four or five people standing around staring at like sure. you know their shoes for like a couple of years, you know, yeah, yeah, and sure. then and, tumbleweed, and then do tumbleweed tour, yeah, and, and we've like been there, yeah, the same in the U.S. too. But so uh, I feel like you know that pu- is that push, you know, to get anywhere is, and we were quite a weird band too. So it's to get to, you know, we didn't fit into any kind of like little box there. So we had to, we had to play enough where we kind of developed our own fans we couldn't really jump on a bandwagon we did a little bit with scar punk but we weren't scar punk per se sure you know sure. we we were most kind of we we're in the scar punk scene but you know like uh, enough for scar people to like us but we weren't like cookie cutter scar punk so, sure, sure. so we had to like we just had to just play in front of people just a lot a lot a lot yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know and then people started coming out gradually and it just took so I mean, and I don't know if that is different than the U.S. because it kind of for the punk scene is the same. Yeah. But, but the one thing that you can be here is you can be kind of like locally successful. You can. You can be a yeah. bigger fish in a small pond yeah. and survive here. You don't yeah. have to fight the whole pond to get yours. Yeah. You yeah. can actually, we have our own little cul-de-sac here in Florida. Yeah. We're like almost big enough to be our like unique 
yeah. little own place. And yeah. not to mention Palm Beach County, where we're at. I yeah. mean, you know. Yeah, and I was talking actually to I saw the guys from Sonic Boom 6 last week, and wow. I was talking to them about that, that very thing. Yeah. You know, because we were talking about, you know, how you're making a living out there. And I'm like, well, we play a bunch of sort of gigs around the area. And, and Nick, the guitarist from SP6, he said to me, like, yeah, you know, in the US, you can kind of be locally successful, can't you? I'm like, yeah, you, can, you know, yeah. you can. Yeah. And that is, that's something that's a little bit different. The, what we ended up having to ask Manchester didn't initially want to like us so what we did is we we toured a lot and kind of got big everywhere else because Manchester's like you know Oasis, you know, like like Factory Records, like yeah, it's like, a spot, right? It's, it, well, it's it has like, its own sound, it's, you know. Oh, oh, even so it's yeah. like if you're coming from this weird punk direction, mm-hmm. but in Manchester, which at the time was wanting, you know, kind of like Brit poppy sounding guitar bands and indie bands. Yeah, yeah. it's not, if, you know, we didn't fit into it. We weren't the Manchester sound at all. Sure. So sure. we were like the opposite of it almost. Yeah. So we had to kind of get big in London before Manchester accepted us. Sure, and the, sure. Uh, even though we were. From Cut out of Manchester, and yeah. once once people started, you know, really appreciating us in London, Manchester kind of caught up. Right, know? sure, yeah. And kind of yeah that Sometimes you got to heat up a different plate to get where you're going. Yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of people. I know that, um, you know, James from Birch and the Fat Dudes, he was saying that about, you know, like um, he found that he's found that like, um, you know, Butch does better in other places. And oh yeah, he's like building Butch up in other places. Yeah, and, and, it, and it kind of slowly trickles back home. You know, mm-hmm. and builds yeah. It up there. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Uh, other places can embrace certain bands and not, you know, and it's 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 crazy. It's good actually. You know, if you can do that, you're right. If you can have a a falling over here and maybe a falling over here, and they start to blend together. Yeah, and they all show up together mm-hmm. in the middle areas. The yeah, mid- you were saying like um, yep. talking about that gig on that the time when when you when you started seeing the 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 tribes kind of merge together. Yeah, and yeah, become yeah, this yeah. One yeah. Fan base. You know? Yeah, yeah. It was weird. Like Vero Beach was packed, and Fort Pierce was packed, and Stewart was packed, and then yeah. you'd go to Orlando, and they a lot of them would come, and then it would be Orlando plus them, and then it'd make you look, you know successful yeah that's awesome yeah Yeah, that's great that's cool man well that's interesting that's interesting so you know maybe a little bit different but a little bit the same too seemingly you know i think that europe so england is like america a lot in a lot of ways in terms of playing the mainland europe is different they look after you like you're a prince Mm-hmm. You go, they feed you, they put you up. There's all wow. these squats in inverted commas, but a squat in like somewhere like the Netherlands or, or France is ge- generally pretty nice. It's just like a house that like wasn't being used and they kind of do it up. And it's like, and you know, I, when you think of a squat, you think of like, you know, her- heroin addicts and like Crack kind of like too. a dog walking yeah. around. Right. But like, it, they, they weren't Crack like house. that at all. It was a comfortable, everyone's vegan in there. And like, you know, I love it. Super nice. Wow. And that, that DIY punk scene. That I discovered in Europe is just so cool. You could spend your whole life doing that. It's like wow. really awesome. Wow, and, that sounds really cool. Yeah, and, and England isn't as like that. England's more like the US. It doesn't really right. You do have that kind of DIY punk scene here, but it's not as not as big. And yeah. there's yeah. that th- there's just this kind of vibe with the with the with the, the punks and the live music community in Europe that's very um it's not materialistic. It's sure. about experience and doing it, yep. And, yep. and and have you know, and, and 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 it's about the network, and and it's about you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. It's sure. it's a, it's a yep. like a big crazy family. It's very different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very cool, very yeah, cool, totally cool, man. So you know, I gotta say, um, 
you know, this is one of the reasons where I'm, I'm coming from. Well, I was ex- actually excited to, you know, interview you um, because you're so in the in the local scene. Uh, man, you're a busy guy. I mean, not only do you have multiple bands and you give back to the scene, but you're also um, involved with 561 Music with Hector, and you're always about exposing everybody else and their music, and, you know, you're a giver, you're a lifter. And um, I think what's also awesome, learning a little bit more about you, is that um, obviously you're a music instructor also, and you teach children play music, and you teach people play music. Um, After hearing some of your inspiring stories about some of your favorite teachers um, being young and being moved by um, these people, I can see why. Uh, my next question was, where does the giving back come from? You know what I mean? You're, right, yeah. you're such a giver and a lifter, bro, and you're so busy doing that. You know, so many people, I even feel guilty writing my own songs and not doing enough for other musicians sometimes, just sitting there and chasing my hit and my potential, you know, where um, you could be doing the same, but you don't. You know, and I see you giving back a lot to the community. Could you tell me where that comes from? Well, um, my family has a lot of teachers in it. Um, my grandfather was a teacher. Um, and um, all, all sorts. I, I want to say that there's there's like a whole bunch of teachers in my family, huh. and um, a lineage of teachers. Dude, I like that. Yeah, and um, uh-huh. and I always respected it as a as a profession, and um, and also I realized in you know when I hit about thirty that that I needed something else because you know I'm pretty prone to kind of you know, like um, narcissism, and and uh, to do something outside of myself <laughs> really just rounded me out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. Keeps you in check a little bit, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, from crawling yeah. too far up your I, ass. You I can appreciate the hell out of that. <laughs> <laughs> I can appreciate the hell out of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight up. Yeah, I feel like it's healthy, and and it so, is healthy. And and when I've ever done anything like that, I was, it's always been very much supported by my family. I was like, you know, sure. prove of it. You know, yeah. Well, that's where you come from. That's how they do. That's yeah. how you do that. That yeah. apple doesn't fall far from that tree, right there. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, you know, I, I, I think that it just ha- having something like that to do in a day. Uh, it it makes and it helps you be more part of the community and sure, and, sure. and introduce you to slightly different people, slightly more wholesome people. You know sure, what I mean? And sure. families and stuff like that. Yeah and, yeah, and I think that having that in my life has been really important, like super yeah. important. To I me. think that's yeah. great. I think that is not only a great way when you're doing it for a living and gigging and stuff. It, it substantiates the, the music. Uh, Subsidizes, I mean, the music, the money coming in, you know, for teaching and that. But at the same time, it kind of gets you out of the uh, the smoky bar rooms and breweries right. and gets you out. to a whole other side of music yeah. that you can give back to and um, yeah, a seemingly almost uh, more rewarding side yeah. of it to to give the gifts and yeah. to share that knowledge with, with you know younger. It's really nice students. seeing people grow up. It's one of those job. It's one of those jobs that kind of like um, that it it. Uh, you see the benefits of it like over time you know like you see years go by and you see people come through and you're like oh man I told them you know it makes you feel good yeah put a lot of good energy in I remember you telling a story with uh, Sierra Lane was our first guest on the show and I remember you telling a story like how you were at a festival or something and all of a sudden here comes Sierra Lane you know crawling up on the stage and you were like oh Oh wow! I taught her. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like this is weird. Yeah, good work, dude. So, yeah. Good work. Well, the, Ben, yeah. uh, uh, you know, speaking of of sharing and, and giving, why don't you uh, why don't you share a couple songs with us, man? That's a great idea. Oh, that'd man. be unbelievable. Let's yeah. get to it. Yeah. All, right. All right, man. This is called "Song for Norma."
song I wrote a long time ago. It's called um, Liars, Cheats, Addicts, and Thieves. We are liars and cheats. We are addicts and thieves. Lovers and friends besides. We've come a long way and by this way we must leave. Hoping time can withstand Wherever we go and however we change I know you'll still be there to confide Now we know just how bad all our bad sides can be Our indiscretions, our secrets and sighs We'll all in the end, my dear One day all of our desires will be requited And if not, it will do now To pretend it's clear We do better 
when together and united So don't worry now, it's so silly to care Cause if we're scraping for a barrel or we're millionaires We're Lewis and Paris, they were having us there And Tokyo to Trafford to Times Square You know we've been there with enough shots to share I'm still too rare to rock in my chair So no one won't turn, I'll be singing you there I'll be on my own terms, on a wing and a prayer And we'll all find resolution in the end, my dears One day all of our desires will be requited And if not, it will do now to pretend it's clear We do better when together and united Well, the future pans out like a vast open sea As we cast our dice on the water As long as our feet they don't fail you and me and our resolve doesn't falter as long as we know that we'll all find resolution in the end my dears one day all of our desires will be requited and if not it will do now to pretend it's We do better when together and united Yeah, we do better when together and united Oh, we do better when together and you Yeah, we have a um, so Handlebars um, Bar and Grill has has um, it's, it's now the official sponsor of um, of the yeah. podcast. Yeah. It, uh, they're they're sponsoring us every week, which is um, just so great. And it, honestly, we we couldn't do this without sponsorship. So um, we're incredibly grateful. Um, it's a biker bar up in uh, Tequesta, right on the border of um, Palm Beach County and Martin County on, um, on US One there. And it's a it's a biker bar. So um, if you have a bike, um, roll up on your bike and you'll get to see a whole load of cool different um, types of vehicles there. You have people showing up in rat rods and old sports cars and classic cars and all sorts of interesting stuff, as well as across the board interesting bikes vintage bikes you know yeah. new ones like you know, like crotch rockets all the way to kind of like beautiful old triumphs and bsas and stuff like that so if you're a you know if if, if you are into cars and bikes you couldn't w- want for a better place the other good thing about it is that it now has live music mm-hmm. on saturdays from 7 to 10 p.m on Sundays from 2 to 5 p.m. And every second Thursday, we have a bike night. Um, I'm involved with it. It's my father-in-law who uh, who basically um, has rejuvenated the place. It used to be called yeah. Judy's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Um, and I'm I'm helping any way I can. I'm I'm helping him book the music and and you know I've little bits and bobs here and there. But it's really my father-in-law Peter Panella who is uh, running the show up there, and he's doing a great job. So um, come and support us because it is 100 percent 
local local musicians, lo- local staff, lo- locally owned, locally run, and we would love to have your support out there. A lot of good beer. Yeah, absolutely. A lot, lot of good food. Yeah, if you're mm-hmm. you know if you're hungry, we've got you. We've got a chef who's been there for um, two or three weeks now and has really settled in. Has just made the place his own, and um, and we have a, a huge selection of um, beers because um, Judy's was known for having um, loads of interesting German beers on tap, and we've tried to keep that going. So we've got a great selection of beer there as well. And um, really, the only things wrong with the place prior to us taking it over was it was just getting a bit run down. And, you know, um, what we've done is we've uh, modernized it a bit, updated it a bit, cleaned it up. The beer's cold. You know, the food's delicious. Everything's run yeah. properly and professionally. Yeah. We've built a big deck out the front and it's, um, you know, it's it, it's great. It's gr- good stuff. Yeah, it's a cool it's a cool spot. So, yeah. Ben, man, that was uh, that was very, uh, very amazing, man. Awesome. I, uh, oh, thanks. I especially cool. like, uh, you know, I, I, I heard something old and I heard something new. Um, and I, that, the new song, uh, uh, I'm not going to lie to you, man. It, it touched me a little bit. As you know, my father passed away not too yeah. long ago, a few months ago. And uh, um, yeah, that. Uh, uh, that song was real touching, man. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? So um, I went home um, the last two weeks to the UK and um, spent some time, only a little bit of time because um, she's in a, a home, but a little bit of time with my with my grandmother. And, um, and uh, I think just uh, the song is a combination of things, you know, really just processing emo- the emotions that, that I experienced visiting her. Sure, and also kind of wanting to, uh, you know, write something to tell her that it's going to be okay, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because um, because there's, you know, it's just a big thing that we all have to face. All of us is death, and 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 she's you know alive right now, but she you know she's in a home. She's very old, and 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 it just kind of. I I guess, yeah, it's the combination of me sort of sifting through my emotions on the subject yeah. and also just a kind of... Des- I have this desire to just, you know, make make her feel okay about it. Of course, you know? comfort her. Yeah. 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 And I don't know whether playing it to her would she would really do that or not. You know, I think that we've had people on here who said that, you know, really ultimately they write songs for themselves and... I think in many ways it is, but also I think that, um, you know, my mum, when she heard it, because she heard, like, the, the first draft of it, and she was like, oh, you know, maybe in the future, you know, we can use that, you know, when the time comes. Um, and uh, so there's that involved in it. It was really just, and, and, and you know, my mum and my dad and I were actually sat around the table trying to sort of, workshop lyrics on it and I think it was quite a nice little therapy thing for us to do as a family all of too. you together that's yeah. amazing that yeah. you guys did as a family yeah that really yeah. is that's, yeah. that's a really cool story behind that song yeah, yeah. it was it was a you know again man the, the lyrics just kind of hit me you know it just hit real close to home and and um I, I feel you 100% on where you're coming from you know we, we talk yes. about all the time about how music is therapy um and um you know, 100% when my dad was passing away, that was, that that was the big thing or, um, you know, when that moment came and my dad was pretty close to his last breath and we were all saying our goodbyes and leaning in and kissing him and telling him, you know, we love you and it's going to be okay or whatever. Like that was the big, 
that was the big message for me was to let him know that it was okay to go and that um Mm -hmm. and that it was um you know that that he didn't need to worry you know that that my mom was going to be okay we were going to take care of her and my sisters were going to be okay that i was going to help take care of them and that everything was everything that he normally did that it was okay that i was was i I was going to step in and i was going to you know do what needed to be done, you know, to help out, and 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 the family as a whole has really kind of you know stepped up and and kind of taken that taken that role. But yeah, yeah, yeah I there's definitely there's definitely and 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 you're right. It's probably more of a comfort for us than it is for them. Um, it is a therapeutic thing, but yeah. Um, but yeah, man, very very heartfelt, very beautiful song. I was trying to wow. explore like the the um, the group. <clears throat> you know nature of of humanity too and like the the uh that we're all one you know yeah like mm-hmm. in a very real sense and mm-hmm. that you know you may die but that so much of it will live will live on in us yeah sure you know yeah. and who knows what happens you know when you go past the point and and yeah. it's not for us to know but yeah. but you know i just have this feeling it's going to you know it's going to be all right and we'll be together you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i i believe that yeah. same same thing i'm with yeah. you um, and yeah. then uh, your other song was actually uh, a song uh, from the past right yeah i wrote that one um and what was the name of that song the, um the so um the first one was called song for norma that's norma is my is my grandmother's name second one is called liars cheats addicts and thieves and it's about <laughs> um it's Sounds about interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's about. It's just about. Uh, it's kind of a hopeful song for the future, and it's about standing together, united, and achieve, trying to achieve achieve our goals together. You know, and and I feel like um, you know, there's nothing wrong with another unity song, um, and right. and that's what that's what it is. Just, that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> the world needs more unity songs. Bro. Yeah, I right. Uh, you know, the world, world just needs more unity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Perhaps Period. the songs will get us there. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 The, that that that's what that's about. And it was, and it was also about like the achievements that at the time I wrote it. It was kind of um, mid Sonic Boom Six, and it was a, you know. Um, it, it's about like the things that we, we achieved, um, and 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 how you know that brought us together as a as, as a team. And uh, um, you're like, don't worry now, it's silly to care because if we're scraping for a dollar or we're millionaires, we'll always have Paris. They were having us there, and Tokyo to Trafford to Times Square. You know we've been there with enough shots to share, and I'm still too rare to rock in my chair. So no, I won't turn. I'll be seeing you there. And I'll be on my own terms on a wing and a prayer. It's like we're all together and we're going to make it. <laughs> the positive it. song about yeah, making it. it. Really Affirmation, dude. Yeah. yeah. So um, why don't we have a look it. at my pedal boards? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love it. to look at your Let's, pedal board. Yeah, Let's do it. Cool. So it's a bit <clears> of a mess, my pedal board. But um, uh, what we've got going on there is um, we've got that uh, Fishman preamp um, uh, DI. And... Um, I love all the duct tape on this. You guys have a great setup. I'm just cracking up that that like one pedal straight and they're all crooked with duct tape. And I, know, awesome. yeah. I love it. I love the ingenuity. <laughs> I can't claim that it's pretty, but it does the job. No, it's it's so brilliant, bro. You got the you got the DI on there and that has some effects. I use a bit of slapback on there and um also a tiny bit of chorus. And it has a boost on there, but I don't really use it anymore. Um but the uh, and then what else is on there? I've got a uh Electro harmonics um, uh, uh, octaver, and that's I use that for um, 
I use that for the, when me and James do the duos. I run it through a Sans amp just to make the signal a little bit better. Is that for your bass tone? Do you play yeah. bass? Okay. Yeah. So, uh-huh. so the so the bass. No, it's not, it's for it's for the. So I've got. I'm playing guitar, right? I use like yep. a, one of those little. Have you ever seen those submarine pickups? It's just like a little pickup that only goes over two strings. Interesting. And I, and I set that on the uh, on, on the sound hole, and I and I I use it to um, to play through the uh, the octava, so I get like an octave below, and that only triggers on the two low strings. Yep. And then I run that octave pedal through the sans amp, just because I have a sans amp, but I may as well yep. use it for something. Yeah, yeah. It makes I'm sure it, it beefs it up a little bit. Yeah, it beefs yeah, it up, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that freeze pedal. Um, is it, it just you play a note and the note carries on forever like a drone? It's my favorite pedal. I love yeah. it. He uses it all the time. And it's very awesome. cool. What, the yeah, note is awesome. a solid sustain. It's not yeah, like it's, just it's not a delay. Yeah. It's just meh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like a bagpipe kind of. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, as long yeah. as that's holding. cool. I don't know anything about those freeze pedals. Yeah, and cool. then that's just a real cheap delay. I need to. Re- They'll get a better one at some point, but it's just you know. You got tap tempo on that or no? No, and the way okay. it's set up is it's just the right. It's the, the reason there's tape over the buttons is so that I can't accidentally kick. No, it. it's yeah, you know that's yeah, that's yeah. brilliant, dude. That's why I was actually cracking up because yeah. I, I've been there and I've taped the buttons because all it yeah, takes yeah. is one kick and all of a sudden everything's crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't know what's going on. And then just like everyone else on earth, I have a tube screamer, and um. And then and then a, a tuner. Now that box there is the interesting thing because what I do is I I, I have another box about half the size of it which goes on my guitar and it's a, it's a bypass so that I can I can change I can turn my pedals on and off from my guitar. And um, that you, you were talking about this not too long ago. Yeah, yeah. We were having a tech talk about it, so you did it. You yeah, did it. you brought yeah. you brought that to life. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. And Very it, cool. It's because in in Kilbillies we use the. Uh, the, the feet drums, drums, so I can't, you know. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you can't do it. Wow, exactly. Very, yeah. very interesting. Very yeah. cool. Nice adaptation. And who did yeah, that man. for you? Um, uh, Jason Hester. Okay, shout, oh, put me on the spot there. Shout out to Jason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. Absolutely. Yeah, down in Delray. Good yeah, bloke. Yeah. Very cool. Um, what, so there's a trigger awesome. on your guitar, also. It's, it has two switches. One, one is for the delay, and one's for the chief screamer. That's brilliant. Yeah, really helpful. Um, wow. It doesn't look pretty, but it, it does exactly what yeah. I want it to do. It's it great. matches the pedal board. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They go together well. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I like that. Actually, I like that little pedal board. I like the way you got the real estate all taken yeah. up with all potent pedals on there. It looks good. You're using them all. The freeze yeah, pedal is brilliant, though, man. He, yep. he hits that. He'll hit a note. He'll oh, hit that's, that. It's it so holds cool. it out like at the beginning of a song, so you just hear this like drone-out note, and then he starts playing like a couple, oh, of, a couple man, of like so melody pieces yeah. to it. And then yeah, usually yeah. about that time, I start coming in with a little bit of like bass, yeah. but like playing the feedback a little bit on the bass. Sure. And then James will start coming in, and then finally he'll let go of that thing, and we just kind of all music come in. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's awesome. brilliant. It's yeah, brilliant. It's awesome. I cannot wait to witness that live because yeah, awesome. I'm excited about that. That's really yeah. cool. That's really yeah. Cool. Once you once you get like what it does, you'll want one. They're just neat. You can make a delay pedal do that, but um, yes. the way that this is, the, you know, the the chip and the, the way it sounds is yeah. so great. It sounds mm-hmm. really droney. It sounds really like bagpipey, yeah, yeah. which is really suits our music. You know? Seems like great for the Killbilly. It's like yeah, the bagpipey yeah. vibe. Very, well, the real reason cool. we ever you know we did we, we did five six one music is because we get to do this tech talk thing here. <laughs> Trust and me. So, yeah. And, and he doesn't every... like his delay pedal, yeah, yeah, and so yeah. every time we have somebody on here. 
yeah. we look at their board, and he, he immediately perks up when they start talking about the delay pedal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's basically shopping delay pedals yeah. on the 561 Music Podcast. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> exactly. A lot of good ones out there. <laughs> There's a lot of good ones out there. All right. Well, this is, uh, this is where we usually do. Uh, um, we, uh, we talk about the guests' um, upcoming gigs, and okay. uh, um, because Ben is in Killbillies and I'm in Killbillies with Ben, it is a shameless Killbillies plug this All week. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, when in Rome, let's, so, let's shamelessly yeah. plug so, so uh, unfortunately, by the time people are hearing this, they they uh, it will be past the time. But but you know, as, as we're recording this tomorrow night, Thursday, um, we're uh, we're playing at the Funky Biscuit in Boca, which is our first time there, and and uh, I'm excited about oh, that. Oh, cool! Yeah. Very yeah, I'm cool. Really I hear excited cool about that. things about Funky Biscuit. Um, and then Friday, we're at uh, Brick and Barrel in Abacoa, yeah. and that's oh, always a good time. Nice. Um, it's my neighborhood. Saturday, I believe you and James are doing a duo yeah, at Square, Square Grouper, Grouper, three to six. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is that Jupiter? Yeah. Group yep. Jupiter, yep. yeah. Yep, they do cool. that every Saturday as a duo. Oh, very cool. Every other Saturday. I'm sorry, every other Saturday. Every other Saturday. Very cool. And then, uh, and then Sunday you're at uh, Handlebars doing solo, right? Yeah, that's right. And um, actually, um, this Sunday, um, <laughs> between 3 and like 4.30, um, I'm going to be uh, sticking the football on because... England made the final of the yeah. European Cup. It's right, so dude. awesome. For those oh, that don't wow. know what football yeah, yeah. is, so it's going to be going off. soccer. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very exciting yeah, for everyone well. who's English because we haven't done this well in football in forever. Oh, man. Well, yeah. I'll, be, I'll be rooting for you, dude. Just because yeah, of you, yeah. I'll be rooting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's pretty yeah, awesome. I like that. And uh, and, and Bryce, you know, just uh, this is a, as a thank you to you for, for oh, hosting. For dude, thank you, guys. Thanks for letting me come in and talk. I love both of you guys. I love talking to you. What kind of gigs you got coming up this weekend? Oh, man. So, I'm actually I'm I am just about to embark on a little vacation to my oh, homeland, nice, nice. which is long overdue. So I actually have a really That's right, short week. Okay. Um, yeah. The only thing I uh, Mike and I are at uh, Taylor Farmhouse on um, Friday night Friday as a, as a duo, right. six thirty to cool. nine thirty. Okay. Cool. And um, yeah, it's the only thing that's uh, like the public gig this weekend. But then uh, right, we'll yeah. be back at the end of the month. I'm gonna enjoy this and little that's, and that's, stint off. I, I can yeah, use man. a rest. That's man, six thirty to nine thirty. So you know, for those of you listening, you can go check out Bryce. And then we go on nine to midnight. So then you can come yeah, check plenty. us out. So we can yeah, just prime you up. We you can, can prime both. you up. You can do both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's you great. don't have to choose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I uh, I appreciate you coming out and hosting. Hey, it thanks was, for having it was, me. Guys. It was fun to, yeah. to inter- yeah. interview Ben for a change. Yeah, I, yeah. I like to crack his brain open and see what's going on inside there. <laughs> yeah, man. It's awesome. Cool, yeah, it man. Nice. It's great stuff. I'm it awesome. I can get it all yes. back in. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, guys. See you.